welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Thank you for joining us today. Mostly, I want to thank you for listening to us this year. It has been a great year, and we are ready to begin 2018 with you. It's been a great year with our new website. It's been a great year with your responses and revealing to us what you like and what you don't like and where you listen from. It's been a great year for our statistics gathering, metrics, they call it. I know. Sounds like I know what I mean, but I don't. I only know that we can now see how many of you are listening and how often you listen. And our statisticians are telling us that this year there will be 150,000 listening this year. That is a staggering number to us sitting here in our small studio in our headquarters of Modern Homemakers. So thank you. And we are looking forward to 2018. We'd like you to be involved. So we'd like to know, do you want more or less shows? Do you want your shows to be longer or shorter? Do you like an occasional long one? Let us know. Doesn't mean we're going to do it. But we would like to know. So if you've got an opinion and a thought about this, we know something about you through our metrics. If we have the same style show that begins at a certain time and does a certain thing at the beginning and a certain thing at the end, you know how to tune it out and only catch the middle. So we're never going to be a show like that. But we are going to do some things this year that have been a little different than what we've been doing. Modern Homemakers is a 501c3. We are delighted to offer to you tax um, credit for your contributions. And you can make contributions by going to our website and pressing the Give button. From that point, you're no doubt smarter about it than I am. We also want to begin something which we've never done on our podcasting, and we are calling it something that sounds just like this. Help us build a home for modern homemakers. We are in the business of building homes. That's what we have done for 30 years. The encouragement to women, wives, mothers, and homemakers. We are not ashamed to say that we are counterculture, and we encourage you to be counterculture. We are glad to hear from many of you that you made a choice to stay at home and raised your own children. And we are glad to spur that on and to feed you with encouragement that would help you be that mom. I just want to tell you that last week I met with someone who had written me an email and said, I doubt you'll remember me. But 30 years ago, you had an effect. I'm going to be in Arizona, and I wondered if we could have a cup of coffee. I said yes and yes, and I don't always say yes and yes because I can't always do that. She showed up. I did sort of recognize her face. She was 30 years older, as am I. And she told this amazing small vignette. She came to Modern Homemakers as we had begun, just in our beginning, she was a lawyer. She had a practice. She had a small child. She felt very troubled in her accomplishments of parenting and wifing and keeping her home and keeping her practice. She came to Modern Homemakers, then called Homemakers by Choice, and she heard the things I've just said to you. She heard us spurring her on 
to make the choice to be a full-time mother, to make this priority of making her home and her marriage and her mothering the highest priority. And as she did that, she grew in her faith, a woman of faith. And now, 30 years later, she said to me, my daughter called me on the phone the other day, and she said to me, Mom, have you ever heard of a woman named Donna Otto? I've just recently begun listening to her podcast. Now, I couldn't have done that even if I had tried. I couldn't have done that even if I had tried. But the work of modern homemakers is just that. And I would like you to be one of those women 30 years from now. I won't be here to hear it. But God will be there to have watched you choose this priority of making your life centered in being a woman of faith, a wife, a mother, and a homemaker. Now, I want to be sure that you understand that you've made these choices. I haven't. I haven't made them for you. You chose faith. You chose to be married. You chose to be a mother. And we want to encourage that. So will you help us this year? build a home for modern homemakers. And what that means is, would you help us financially this year? You can commit to a reoccurring donation as a builder. Being a builder will throughout the year bring foundational and beautifying options to you that will not be available to others who listen to our podcasting. So join us if you can. Make a donation before year end. We'll give you tax credit. You can do it online or you can mail it. The address is on our website. We'd love to have your one-time donation. We'd love to have your reoccurring donation. We'd love to make you a builder in building homes for modern homemakers. I hope that you have been as affected by my reading my musings with my old friend Kent Holtling about lurking in the church. And if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. It's called The Emerging Church. Now, this is still Christmas. This is still Advent. And I've had a marvelous, marvelous opportunity to have an insight into two people really one more than two, that have always been on the periphery, the periphery of Advent. And a number of years ago, I did the Voices of Christmas. And I know that I mentioned these two voices because I've always had a keen interest in them. And they are Simeon and Anna. And you can find Simeon and Anna in Luke chapter 2, and I wanted to spend a few minutes with you, uh, not on Anna at all, but only on Simeon, because an acquaintance of mine who lives here in the Phoenix metro area, his name is Tim Smith, has had a, a fresh interest in Simeon also, and I listened to him chat about it. And he said the most interesting thing, it was darling and interesting at the same time, if you can say something uh, profound is darling. But because it was from a man, he said, you know, I think if I were St. Francis of Assisi, and right away he had my attention because I thought, who says that? Who says that in 2017? I would add a person to the crash. And I just uh, burst out laughing because I thought, 
I have thought of this myself, but not just one. I'm sorry. I need to lessify probably and pick one, huh, girls? What, what I really have three or four who I'd like to add. So who's at the crash? There's the baby. There's usually an angel. There's certainly Mother Mary and Joseph. Then there are the shepherds. They're always the animals. And there are the kings. Is there anyone else? No. And there's some common belief and acceptance that the kings really never got to the manger. I mean, the kings came quite a bit later. As someone was asking me this year about, well, that's a portrayal of Mary and Joseph being very poor indeed. But with the kings bringing all these wealthy things, did they not convert it to cash and become more improved in their economic status? I don't know the answer to that question. It was kind of a revealing question. But I did think to myself, the answer certainly is, the kings didn't come to the manger. The shepherds followed the star, right? So so here comes this idea of Simeon. So I want to read this to you, but I want to read it to you because the Lord evoked in me something about my new year, and I'm going to talk to you about new year. It's getting to be that time for, have you made a plan? Do you have a goal? Have you thought of a change you want to effect before the year begins? So I'm going to read the whole passage to you. Luke 2, verse 22, all the way through to verse 35. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they, Joseph and Mary, brought him, Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Editorial remark. As the law was being written... As they were, she was ceremonially unclean, and so it was time to have the baby circumcised. That was a part of the law, and they were to offer something, and a lamb would have been best, but they were poor folk. And so came this designation of a pair of turtle doves or two pigeons. Now there was a man, verse 25, in Jerusalem, whose name was Simeon, and he has credentials. Don't you love it when God gives us these insights? He was a man who was righteous and devout and looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. Okay, I don't know about you, but I know I've mentioned this somewhere through the years of podcasting. We've been at it for 15 now. My love for Apollo, so you can find in Acts, who has this long list of credentials, but he doesn't know one thing that he should know and he becomes more teachable. Well, that's how I feel about Simeon. He's got this long list of credentials, and it says to him that his hope, but the Holy Spirit rested on him. The Holy Spirit rested on him. Remember that the Holy Spirit has not really come in the form we all consider the Holy Spirit, yet Jesus has just been born. But the Holy Spirit rested on this man, Simeon. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. The children of Israel have been waiting for the Messiah for a very, very, very long time. Now, who is this guy who says, I know that the Holy Spirit has told me that I will not see death until I see the Messiah? Uh, pretty audacious, don't you think? I do. 
And then he says, he, he says, we don't really know how old he is, but he says, guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, I don't know why, but every time I read this account, and I have now almost every day for the last eight or ten days, I think he took him. Don't you sort of feel this like he took him? What is Simeon's job? Maybe Simeon has a job in the temple. But he took the baby in his arms because he recognizes by the Holy Spirit that this is the Messiah. And in his arms, he praised God saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant, Simeon, in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people of Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him, Jesus. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother, Mary, this is hard, women, but I'm going to read is hard. But it reminds me of the importance of the work of the Spirit in our lives as women of faith, in wives and mothers. And this is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Do you remember Mary's circumstances? Now she's come to the temple. She's ceremonially unclean. This is probably the 40th day after the birth, and the mother has to come to be cleansed. The firstborn child is a part of the Israel rules, the law, and he belongs to the Lord. He's not, this parents truly belongs to God. When I say to you, God gave you this child, it's God's child. He just gave them to you to train because he trusts you. So the purification of the mother and the presentation of the newborn were part of what was happening. And then we find this righteous, devout man looking for the consolation. We find that he is certainly knows the scripture because he quotes Isaiah 52 10. He quotes many things all found in Isaiah 40 through 55. And then he says the consolation, which is comfort, oh, comfort my people, says your God, which is a part of Handel's Messiah. And then he says you have, that he, his eyes have seen the salvation. His eyes have seen the salvation. And then he goes on to speak to Mary and to Joseph. And these parents have been through, what have they been through? She has been through the amazing difficulties. Her difficulties have included being an on wed, pregnant wife, mother, ostracized by her community. Certainly she felt alone and rejected. Now she has gone through delivery and is bringing her child, as she's been trained to do, to the church. And this man, there's no indication they've ever seen this man before, comes and, I, you know, I think the reason why I say it, it feels like Simeon comes to take the child is in the Mark passage where Mary and the brothers come and they say, we want to talk to Jesus. And, and the, the Greek words there indicate that they wanted to come and take him because Mary has decided that Jesus is doing too much. And now we see this word, he took, as if he was taking, like, 
And I wonder what sweet Mary, young woman, feels about her 40-day-old baby bringing to the church, being circumcised. If you've never been a part of a circumcision, it is not a pleasant thing for a mama, for certainly for the baby, but a part of all the process in the law. And now he says to her these powerful things. And he says, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. He's saying this to Mary. And then he ends with, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. I am a mother. I am a grandmother. I have many young women who are daughters of my heart. And my soul has been pierced by difficulties watching women go through things of their own poor choices, go through things of no choice of their own at all, a deformed child, a child who dies a few hours after birth. But here is Mary, who is young, has just gone through nine months ago this desolation, and now she is the only one who's going to be there at the announcement of the angel that she will conceive, be there at the birth, and then we know that she will be there at the death. We know that Jesus says to John, take hold, this is your mother, take care of her. We know that she was there watching her son be crucified. And I can't help but come to this wanting to remind myself and you too about the importance of these 15 verses. And I think they fall in the fact, not that he was devout or righteous, but that the Holy Spirit rested on him and that it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit and that he had been guided by the Spirit. And I want to say to you at this last week and days of Advent, do you hunger after that? Do you submit yourself to God that he might rest on you, the Spirit might rest on you, that the Holy Spirit tells you things that you are sure is his voice and you are waiting for them to happen as he waited? Do you feel that your life is being guided by the Spirit? I want I want to encourage you as you are looking to the new year that perhaps part of your new year's resolution will have something to do with seeking the Holy Spirit's visible work in your life, that you would be aware that he is always present, you would pay attention to his presence, and that you would then intentionally take up a life, a daily life that included the work of the Holy Spirit and as he chooses to encourage you. Well, I love this. And I'm with my friend Tim Smith. I think we should not only make Simeon a part of the crash, we should make Anna. And maybe we'll look at Anna another time this year. Don't forget, if you live here in the Valley, we have some things coming up that you can take advantage of. A parenting class, go to the website, you can see that. It begins on January 11th. And then are the last of all last organizational classes that will be held on January 20th. It's a four-hour event. You can come and go to parts of it if you only want a certain part of organization. There'll be some food. There's no charge for the class. We will take a donation on 
offering of some sort, we'd love for you to join us. There is a limit on that. So uh, the room is has a limit because we're taping it. It has a limit. So be sure that you get registered and not get left out. Remember the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of being guided by the Holy Spirit. <laughs>